City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. Today, I am talking to Mayor Lisa Sulka of the town of Bluffton. Uh, Mayor Sulka, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, it's just an honor to, to speak with you today. <laughs> glad to have you. Glad to have you. We are going to be talking about uh, Bluffton's Wright Family Park project. Um, in, th- in this project, the town was able to use a key piece of property on the May River in a way that enhanced the town's recreational offerings, waterfront access, uh, and doing so all while honoring the town's history as well. And this project won Bluffton, one of the municipal association's 2021 Achievement Awards. So, Mayor, as as I understand, uh, developing this park fit into Bluffton's Old Town Master Plan. Can you tell us about that? Oh, gosh, I'd love to, and I was very much a part of it. Uh, when I first ran for council uh, in the early 2000s, around 2004, our mayor at the time saw the growth just headed toward us. And we were mm-hmm. one square mile. That was the size of our little town and about, you know, 800 residents. So we had some money that we put toward a very professional group, Dover Coal, to come in and work with our residents on a master plan for our square mile, uh, knowing it was going to be the gym and the center of activity for whatever was to come. Speed forward to today, we see what is coming. So that Old Town Master Plan was a document that our staff, our council, our town manager used and uses to this day as a blueprint for what is going to go on in that original square mile, which is now a National Historic District. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the quick version of the Old Town Master Plan. If you pull it up today, you really would see, oh, my gosh, we really did envision all of this, and it was put on paper 17 years ago. One of the projects was this Wright Family Park, so I can go into that, or I didn't know if you had a follow-up question on that. I'm happy to jump right into that park. Oh, oh, absolutely. Let's let's move ahead into into the park itself. Yeah. So the Wright Family Park was owned by one of our original residents, uh, the Pinkney family, and the Wright family. And I remember Mrs. Wright living in this little cottage when we moved to Bluffton. Um, so the, she passed away, and the family who had ownership lived on the far coast of California. Uh, we had a resident in town that understood that we wanted this park down the road. And the timing just never worked. I mean, we since 2004, we, we had kind of a laser focus on this this residential area. So... Just things worked out. The family wanted to preserve the history and the culture and the stories of the carriage house and the grounds. And I have to give a shout-out to Joni Hayward. She's a resident that was our connector between the family and the town. And through many partnerships that I know we'll discuss further on, uh, we were Mm -hmm. able to accomplish the purchase of this park. And, you know, you hear the drop the mic moment. It was a drop the mic moment. 
So uh, that's how we came to own it with many partners in the county. Um, and then today you, you'll see what's come of it. So can, can we talk about those those funding partnerships? What happened there to to make this to make the financial side of this possible? Yes, we have a uh, rural and critical lands program in our county, and it was set up decades ago to buy land to preserve character, to preserve history, to preserve culture, and it encompasses the entire county of Beaufort. Um, we went to them with this, made a presentation to their board on why we need some financial help, uh, and they didn't blink. Complete partnership, so that's Beaufort County, their rural and critical lands nonprofit, and the mm-hmm. town of Bluffton. It was uh, praised at 1.5 or 1.6. Um, million. Million. <laughs> They were getting calls, I'll tell you, they were getting calls daily for developers to come, and they would have to rezone. They wanted to build a waterfront condominium complex and all these grand ideas, and uh, the the Wright family didn't want that. And they had enough trust in our town that we would kind of lead the way into finding funding. The town doesn't have that kind of money, but, but we do put aside money every year for land purchases, and we were able to come up with 50% of that, and Beaufort County, through its uh, critical lands program, came up with the rest. So c- can we talk about how the public has responded, how, how this park is, is being used so far? Oh, my gosh. You would – I equate it to the opening of uh, – of a business that everyone would want for years and years and years and years. Or maybe I'd equate it to the Black Friday of the holiday weekend when the stores had their sales. That part mm-hmm. opened. We completed it. And and I want to jump back in. Um, our Parks, Recreation, and Tourism, PRT in South Carolina, also helped us with the creation of the park, of uh, mm-hmm. the, the things we've done to it. But um, we had to keep it. We didn't get it quite finished. We wanted to go back through and do kind of a white glove test. And so we had barricades, and you would even go by and see people crawling over the barricades just to to sit on the grass. It's extreme. Families, all elderly, tourists, people who want to go and just sit and take a minute and see the beautiful May River. It's bustling. It's just. To have just a passive park right now with a few benches and a joggling board and a tree swing, it's just amazing. Every hour of the day it's open. There's someone, multiple people out taking advantage of that park and looking at the river. So definitely fulfilling a need there. We have, we've talked about the history involved in this, and I, I know that this has included everything from uh, work with the Historic Bluffton Foundation for archaeological mm-hmm. excavations on this site, and also there is, uh, you, you mentioned the carriage house, the Squire Pope carriage house on the site, which I believe mm-hmm. more than 150 years old. So can you talk about next steps such as, I, I believe, rehabilitation of that house? 
Oh, absolutely. It is a contributing structure. Um, another goal from our Old Town Master Plan was to continue and enhance our National Historic District, which that's what our town is, is labeled. To have that mm -hmm. district designation, you have to maintain a number, a good number of contributing structures, which is there are some bullets. It has to be 50 years old. Does it have a story? Just, con you know, a requirement. The carriage house is a contributing structure. We, it's really our goal on our capital improvement project list everywhere to begin work on that. We started with having a company out of Charleston called Metters uh, to come in and give us a preservation plan. We had a symposium, a historic symposium a couple of months ago, and this was the topic. So they've come in, they've done the the necessary termite inspections and structural inspections and um, really have given us a plan to rehabilitate, um, to rehabilitate and also to stabilize the structure. Mm -hmm. It is going to be expensive. Uh, and <laughs> we are going to, oh, you, you, you were shocked at the cost of the land. Well, that's mm -hmm. about what the cost of the rehab is going to be. We're going to need private partners. We're going to need more public partners. But we've done it already. We did it with a Garvin Garvey House, which was a, uh, one of the last Freedman slave cottages on the river. We mm -hmm. know we can do it. And um, to bring it back to life, so our new residents, we've gone from 1,400 to uh, right around 20,000 to see why Bluffton is the way Bluffton is. And it solely falls on the history and the people. Um, along with the magnificent river and just the wonderful weather and, you know, just the best town in the country. But uh, it will open up its doors and people will get a glimpse of, oh, my gosh, this is what life was like well over 150 years ago. So a, a museum structure to some extent, an event structure? Well, we, we're we going to discuss that at a council level. If it's going to use mm -hmm. private dollars, it needs to be open to the public. It needs to, you know, the residents need to touch and feel it. Some ideas thrown around are all what you said. Um, the park now, we're getting calls daily on events at, at the park. Weddings, the mm -hmm. picnics, the scavenger hunts, all kind of fun things. Um, but the structure, I, first, I see it, and I think some on council, we will vote on this, we'll see it as our new welcome center. It could be an event space where a bride could get dressed in a staging area. It could hold, it will hold all of the amazing artifacts we've, we've collected from doing a, you know, a few minor archaeological digs. So, you know, that means it could be a museum. There's plenty of space for, for some staff to be upstairs, but to have the downstairs, you know, open to whoever wants to come and cherish history. So? Final question I have for you. What would you say other cities and towns can learn from Bluffton's experiences with this project? I would go on the talk, on the speaking circuit to, to get <laughs> this message out. I grew up, up in one of your smaller towns in South Carolina, Prosperity, South Carolina. So I mm -hmm. always go back to that. 
I looked at Lowry's, you know, one of the other winners uh, this past uh, municipal association, small town, little towns, middle towns, large towns, huge towns, cities, can do this. It doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter the population, I don't think. Can you do it on the same platform as us? Well, we were growing. So we had some money from property taxes and development agreements. And I know that's kind of a, a different pool of money than a lot of small towns have. But if you have the heart for your town, if you believe in whatever it is, history, parks, open space, economic development, you name it. If you have a heart for that with your council and your community, you can find ways to make a difference. We we all have leaders in Columbia. You know, we really, we have a little bit of the tourism industry. So we do reach out to South Carolina um, Park PRT, Park mm-hmm. Recreation and Tourism. So they and we talk to them all the time to show them what we do with the money we're able to get from them. So get a plan. Spend a little money on a on a plan, no matter what the passion is. But let's talk about history and a historic district because that's, this award. So we had a plan. We we budgeted and spent money on a plan. We lived by the plan. And we worked by all the goals that were in that plan every month. And when when someone who's handing out grant money sees that you are following through with what you intend to do, it's pretty easy to get a grant request. So Use the outside forces. Use your community. Uh, get volunteers wherever you can. Uh, everyone wants to see our small towns prosper. Me, most importantly, that's where I grew up. And, and I know prosperity could do the same thing. And they have. Mm-hmm. They have an amazing man. He happens to be my cousin, Mike Beatonball, who just won <laughs> the Palmetto, uh, order the Palmetto for his his focus on historic preservation. He took an old depot and it turned into an event space and it talks about the history of my sweet little town. So everyone can do it. I know they can. They just have to have the passion and the heart. Very good. Very good. So there is a lot of visual elements to to this project that you can't get across in a podcast. So for our listeners um, if you want to learn more about this um, project, I invite you to check out the the awards videos that are on the Municipal Association's website. You can find those at www.masc.sc. Uh, search for um, the keyword Achievement Awards. You can learn all about this one and the other 2021 winners. And uh, And with that... Mayor Sulka, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and to talk about this. Oh, I love it. And I welcome anyone who wants to take, you know, we're only five hours from the northwestern tip of the state where Clemson University sits. So you're not that far to take a day ride to see me. I'll show you the park. I'll sit down with anyone, anyone who wants to learn more about how they can capture funding or vision or, I mean, you name it. I love to share. Make their state better. We all work together. 
you described the longest possible drive across the state. A lot of people are closer than that. I'm just saying, if you can, it's anywhere from 30 minutes to five hours, and, I, and mm-hmm. I've done it up and back in a day in the past, so it can be done. <laughs> and I'll treat you to lunch. How about that? <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, Mayor, thank you so much. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.